timid little title called Baptism of Fire. <laughs> Come on, let's just go for the juggler vein. Huh? We're not going to dance around this any longer. We're just going for the juggler. I love reading about the stories of encounters of people that people have had with God throughout history. I love it so much. In fact, I'm doing a book right now with Destiny on this subject, on just the defining moments that people have had of these bizarre encounters. When you read through history, you see a D.L. Moody who's walking down the street and he becomes so impacted by the presence, he knocks on the door of a house, asks if he can use a bedroom, he goes into the bedroom, he begins to cry out for God. to God, he comes out a transformed man because of this profound encounter that he had in somebody's bedroom crying out to God. I mean, it's bizarre. John G. Lake had such an encounter with the Lord, he was already recognized as being baptized in the Holy Spirit. He had all the doctrinal things that we would say accompany the baptism of the Holy Spirit, but he was not satisfied, and he cried out for more. And God touched him profoundly and changed him so dramatically. He would, on average, pray for 100 people a day, personally, lay hands on 100 people a day, with extraordinary, extraordinary breakthrough. He, uh, he is my personal favorite, my personal hero, because of his understanding of the kingdom is to me unparalleled, at least in modern church history. You go through these folks uh, all throughout history, and their stories just ignite something in me. Heidi Baker, uh, our hero, you know, to see how God touched her so powerfully, so profoundly, that she was literally under, under the weight of his presence where she couldn't function normally for seven days, seven nights. And at the end of that, she went back and the rest to Mozambique and the rest is history. I'm just going to tell you a little bit of my own personal story. I don't know, I don't remember the last time I shared this. I don't think I've shared it with this group before. <clears throat> we were having such a mighty, mighty outpouring of the Holy Spirit. I had never seen anything like it. I had never tasted of anything like it. I had never experienced anything like it in my life up until that time. I had been in ministry for many years. I've been a part of a number of wonderful things that I've seen God do. I've, I've had him use me in wonderful ways, all the above. But something was happening that so, it so filled the air. It was, it was, it's hard to describe. It's almost like there was constantly whirlwinds that you couldn't see in the air that were just, just impacting everybody. It's just a, a electric expectation of anything could happen. It was, it was that environment. And we were having uh, some amazing meetings. A dear friend of mine named Dick Joyce, who has been a real uh, personal strength and gift to me, <clears throat> personally would come uh, once or twice a year and minister to us. We were having meetings with Dick, and incredible things were happening in the room, very similar to what was happening in Toronto at that same time. And... <clears throat> I just became hungry and hungry. I mean, I would touch people and the power of God would go through them and I would see things happen. It wasn't that I needed a bigger wow factor. It was something deeper than that. It was the internal cry, God, you've got to touch me deeper than you have. I, I know there's more and you've got to do something deeper in me. 
And I, I began to pray. I mean, that's the logical thing to do is you ask, for, how, how do you get more? You, you, well, you start by asking. You, you, you just say, God, I, I, just, I, don't know, I don't know what it is. I don't know the, you know, this, I would pray like this. I said, God, I don't know theologically how this fits. All I know is that inside I need help. I need more. I need you to do something in me in addition to what you've already done. I am so thankful. I'm so grateful. I love what I see happening around me. I love what I see happening through me. I love what you've done for me. I'm so thankful, but you've got to do more. You've got to, do, you've got to touch me deeper. And that would be that kind of a prayer. And I got to where there was a, there was a prayer that I would pray that was, that was uh, it, 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 it wasn't reduced to a routine but it was the best way I could express the cry of my heart. And it was this, God, you've got to touch me deeper. I've got to have more of you, and I will pay any price. And that was the prayer I would pray, I don't know how many times, but countless times for a period of eight months. I would, I would pray it. I'd get up in the morning and pray it. I'd pray it throughout the day. I would pray it at night. I'd go to bed praying it. It became such a part of the cry of my heart. It'd be such a cry of passion in my heart that I had actually wake myself up praying. Your spirit man doesn't sleep. And I, I didn't wake up to pray. I didn't wake up saying, you know, I really should pray right now. That happens, and, and, and I'm all over that. But this was different because I would wake up praying. I would wake myself up because I was praying. And I would pray, God, I have to have more. I've got to have more. I've got to have it at any cost. You've got to do something with me. And it wasn't a question of salvation. It wasn't a question of spirituality. It wasn't a question of haves and have-nots. It wasn't a question of doctrine. It wasn't, it, those weren't the issues. The issues were God had made himself available to humanity, to mankind, with an invitation, seek my face with all your heart. He had given us this compelling invitation to the greatest adventure ever offered to anything created in all of history. And it's been given to you and to me. And I would wake up with these cries saying, God, you've got to touch me. You've got to touch me deeper. I remember I, Chris was still up in Weaverville at the time in, in a business, and I invited him to go with me to Colorado. We went to a YWAM base to minister there. And, and we had this uh, large cabin that they gave us to stay in. And Chris told me later, he said, uh, he said he would get up in the middle of the night, or he'd wake up, or he would get up to use the restroom or something. He would look over at me, and he could see this red glow off of coming out of me, and he would hear me praying, "God, you've got to give me more. You've got to touch me deeper." I was not aware of that until he told me sometime later. Dick Joyce was in town for these meetings that I've mentioned. I had been praying like this now for eight months, day and night. And in this particular evening, we were laying hands on people. We were blessing people. We were, we were just, to be honest with you, we were fully engaged in Christian recreation. We were just enjoying the great, great touch of God, the visitation of God, and just watching what he was doing in people's lives. It was so wonderful. And I remember praying for a friend of mine. He was, he was struggling. He was just, it, was, it wasn't that he was opposed to what was happening. He was just struggling. Because he could see others being so touched by God, and yet he himself just appeared to him that God would skip over him, you know. So I went 
and I, I laid hands on him. I was praying for him, and I just felt, I just felt like, I told him, I said, you know, I said, I feel like God's going to surprise you. I said, I feel like he's going to touch you. He's going to touch you. It could be the middle of the day. It could be the middle of the night. He's just going to surprise you. I, in fact, I said, it could be 3 o'clock in the morning. I went to bed really late that night. And uh, as you do on all those kinds of nights. And I was sound asleep. And then literally in a millisecond, I went from sound sleep to completely awake. It was not a process. It was sleep to as awake as you can be. It's an awkward story to tell because because I would hate for anyone to measure what you've experienced with what I've experienced and compare them because the Lord works with us differently. But I would like to use it prophetically as an example, as a summons to you. To engage in a journey that says, God, I know there's more, and I'll pay any price. That night, what happened is I woke up completely because it was like a thousand volts of electricity all at once was released through my body from head to toe. It's embarrassing. I actually, my my limbs were shooting out with such electrical power that I couldn't control my own arms and limbs. I couldn't, I would try to bring my arms to my side and my legs would get more violent. I, this is embarrassing even now, but I felt my face turn red. I was embarrassed over what was happening to me. I couldn't figure out what was happening. It started like that, and at that moment I looked at the clock, and I don't know why I did, but I looked at the clock. It was 3 a.m., and I instantly, in that, you know, when God's in charge of something, he makes you remember what you need to remember. <laughs> you know, you won't miss this one, son. I looked at the clock, it's 3 o'clock. I instantly remembered I had prophesied to my friend that God may touch him at 3 in the morning. He may surprise him and touch him at 3 in the morning. I looked at the clock, it said 3 o'clock. I said out loud, I said, you set me up. <laughs> because I could tell he did, he set me up. This was, this was such a divine moment, it was not pleasurable. But it was glorious. Electricity shot through my, my entire body. The only thing I had measure of control of was my head. I could turn to the left, to the right. I, I laid there on my pillow with wondering, you know, if this is a two-minute experience, and it continued and continued. Finally, after I don't know that length of time because I, I, I didn't look that I recall, I didn't look at the clock again until it lifted and I got out of bed. But I remember laying there trying to figure out what was happening, and then I remembered Jacob wrestled with an angel and he walked with a limp for the rest of his life. I rem remember that Mary had an encounter with God where she manifested as the mother of Jesus. She was looked at as the mother of the illegitimate child. Sometimes favor from heaven doesn't always translate favorably on earth. I realized I, the next scene, I saw myself standing in front of the church with 
with limbs that I can't control, realizing there's nobody, nobody in the, in the whole church family. These people I know that know me, that we trust each other, we love each other. There's not a person in the room that's going to believe this is from God. How am I going to explain this? And it wouldn't stop. It wouldn't lift. I remember the next scene. I saw myself standing in front of my favorite restaurant in town. And I went, I'm going to be a laughing stock to the entire community. The whole city is going to think I need to be locked up. Now the Lord, how many know he doesn't have to say something to speak? Or he doesn't have to speak in order to say something. He, he, I, I knew instantly after that series of things that I saw in my mind's eye, I knew what he was looking for. He was looking for my dignity. And he reminded me, as soon as I couldn't get control, I saw the time, he reminded me, son, you asked for more and you said you'd pay any price. Now here's the challenging thing. I had no control and the way it felt, it sounds humorous now, but it didn't at the moment, it felt as though I had blown a circuit. I mean, it felt as though the power of God was going through me so strong that I, I have lost the ability to function as a normal human being. In my mind, I'm wondering, if I say yes to this, I may be in bed the rest of my life because I can't function. This went on for, I'm guessing, maybe 20 minutes or 30 minutes where I'm seeing these pictures and I'm wondering what the Lord is requiring of me. And I finally realize he, he wants to know if I meant it when I said, I'll pay any price. And with, with tears going down the sides of my face, laying there with, with no control, I said, I'll take it. You can do anything you want with me. If I get you in the exchange, you can manifest upon me any way you want. It didn't lift after I made that statement. It continued all night long. It ended at 6.38 in the morning. Each time I got up as though I had slept for eight hours. It started the moment I got in bed the second night and the moment I got in bed the third night. Three nights of this encounter. I don't know what happened. All I know is that somehow I passed a test. I actually didn't know if I'd function normally. I didn't know if I'd be able to talk normally. I didn't know if I'd be able to relate to people normally. I didn't know what in the world I was going to do as a husband and a father, which was my biggest dream and value. But the Lord was looking for something, and that's what he looks for in a baptism of fire. I'm not going to say that he intends to make anybody look like a fool, but you know what? It doesn't matter when you want him more than anything. There's plenty of people out there that act like fools and blame it on God. And, and that's the risk you take whenever I throw something out like this. You realize that some people need attention and they try to do crazy things and they just call it God. I understand that happens. But I have to take risk in order to invite you into a lifestyle that says, I know there's more and I'm hungry for a baptism of fire. I'm hungry for an immersion in God that changes everything. It doesn't mean every problem goes away. It doesn't mean it erases the need for maturity and discipline and development. It doesn't mean I no longer need community. Some things can only develop, be developed through relationships. I understand all of that. But Jesus himself 
gave power and authority to his disciples before he died in his ministry time with his disciples. So for three and a half years, they operated in power and authority. But what he gave them in Luke chapter 9 would not last them after he died. He reappeared and gave them a commission and gave them authority and then told them, don't leave Jerusalem till you've been clothed with power from on high. What's the point? Authority comes in the commission. Power comes in the encounter. Not even Jesus would minister just on the authority of his commission. He was sent by the Father to destroy the works of the devil. Not even Jesus would operate just in the realm of authority. He went into the wilderness where John the Baptist was, got baptized in water, and that's where he had a Holy Spirit encounter that clothed him with power. And now he looks to his disciples, and he gives them the commission of great authority, and then he says, but don't leave Jerusalem till you've been clothed with power. Here it is for you and me. In Acts chapters 2, you see 120 people that experience this amazing outpouring and are baptized in the Holy Spirit. By the time you get to Acts 4, you see another outpouring of the Spirit. The, some of the same people that were in Acts 2 are in Acts 4. What's the point? The point is, don't ever be satisfied with something that happened to you 20 years ago, 10 years ago, 5 years ago. Never be satisfied thinking, I have all there is. Jesus has given me everything. Stop it. Have an encounter. Cry out to the Lord. Cry out to the Lord. Don't, don't degrade what he's given you. Don't look down at what he's given you. Don't ever speak lightly of what, how God has already touched you. I have two extreme encounters. I have many encounters with the Lord. They're at the, the two most profound are at the opposite of extremes. One was this that I told you about. You, you can't miss it. It's electrical. You can't move. You're stuck. You're a captive audience for three nights. The other one was so subtle I could have missed it. It was the revelation in a verse that drew me into an encounter. But it would have been as easy to miss as it was to catch. It says, when Moses turned aside the burning bush, that's when God spoke. And what happened to me is I saw a burning bush, if you will, in Scripture. I turned aside, and then the Lord began to open up things to me that have marked every day of my life since May of 1979. The point is, is that all of it is important. But what I want to ask of you is to release over you, if you will, a hunger for a fresh baptism, a fresh outpouring. Why don't you stand? We're going to Lesson 8, hallelujah, on the baptism of fire. And if you would turn to Revelation 19 and verse 10. We've been going through the workbook, so we've not only in these last, I think it's been 15 weeks, not only gained everything that he taught on the videos, but we have we have really dug in and got everything out of the workbook that you would have gotten. And in Revelation 19.10, and you're familiar with this scripture because in the last couple of years, this has been an important scripture to us at the church. And it's, And I fell at his feet to worship him, and he said unto me, See thou do it not, I am thy fellow servant, and of thy brethren they ha that have the testimony of Jesus. Um, and then it says, worship God 
for the testimony of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy. And the last part's what we want to focus on, for the testimony of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy. And I'm going to be honest with you, until a couple of years ago, I have often wondered, you know, when we would read the book of Revelation, uh, which you get blessed if you read it, you know. So read it all the time. It says everybody that reads it gets ble- gets a blessing, special reward for that. Anyway, uh I often wondered what that scripture meant, but now we know that what it means is that uh, that that, that any time a testimony comes forth, it's prophetic. In other words, it's a prophecy to all of us. And so anytime somebody gets up and shares their testimony, anytime you read a testimony, it's yours if you want it. All you have to do is lay hold of it by faith because it's the spirit of prophecy. So... Uh, <clears throat> Any testimony you hear or read about, God is willing to do for you. Testimony, a testimony is given. uh, When a testimony is given, it is designed to take us into greater revelation of God's nature. And it's not just a nice or amazing story. Sometimes we've been a, you know, we'll hear a testimony of somebody that got something really supernatural from God or something very supernatural happened. And we just go, man, is that not amazing? But it's designed to be more to us than to be amazing. It's designed to reveal to us the nature of God. And it's also designed to create in us a hunger because we can have whatever they they had it doesn't matter if the testimony is a thousand years old or if it's one minute old hallelujah it doesn't mean if it's it matter if it's the testimony of the bible something in the bible hallelujah if it's an old timer something you've read about about uh john g lake evan roberts um hallelujah charles parham charles finney dl moody Hallelujah. Going back to the old timers, Amy Simple McPherson. Hallelujah. The only question that you have to ask is, does it accurately accurately reveal the nature and character of God? And certainly some things in the Old Testament, you know, we had a change. We are now under a new covenant. And so we have to take that into account. But other than that, uh, it doesn't matter If what God did for one, he will always do for you and he will always do for me. What he did in the days of the apostles, he will do today. Hallelujah. He's no respecter of persons. I've always I've always uh, really hung on to that scripture that God was no respecter of persons and that God uh, that uh, never to be jealous of anything anybody had or whether it be their relationship with God or whether it be some material thing that they had. Never be jealous because what he did for them, hallelujah, he will do for you. Now, certainly our callings and stuff are going to be different, but still, he will. If you, if you see someone in a ministry, God will put you in a ministry. He will put you in a ministry, and it will be the one that fits you. Hallelujah. So what he did for one person, he will do for another. God loves to reveal who he is through supernatural activity. Not just by the word does he reveal who he is, but through supernatural activity. When you share your testimony, which you should be doing that all the time. Remember the... uh, 
in when when Jesus told a man, it was the demoniac. He said, "Go and tell what great things God has done for you." Hallelujah! And you know what? That can do that can do more a lot of times than saying, "Well, I'm gonna give you this pamphlet and go. We're gonna go through the four spiritual laws." But you just telling somebody what God has done for you. Let me tell you what God did for me. Let me tell you about the time God healed my son. Let me tell you about the time He healed me. And and it's like and 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 then be sure and include. God doesn't have any respect for any one person he if he did it for me he's going to do it for you and that really builds people's faith and it also releases the presence of god and uh it it, of course their their attitude is involved on whether it brings faith to them whether their faith is stirred their attitude is a certain amount involved but it has the potential to stir their faith up and i always like to say that if it didn't work then it's still a seed sown and, you know, sometimes they want to forget something, but they're not able to forget something you told them. Sometimes they didn't want to hear it right now, but I'm just like, Lord, let that stay in their mind and remind them of it and bug them with it. Hallelujah. <laughs> but because that's really the truth. Uh, sometimes what people don't want to hear that once they've heard it, they've heard it. Amen. And so... <clears throat> The old-timers that we just mentioned, several of them, their testimonies are still relevant today. So a good thing to do is to to listen or read and talk uh, about testimonies. You can do that. You can go online. Robert Sly Arden wrote a whole book, two of them, called God's Generals, Volume 1, Volume 2. And then you can just go online on, I don't know if it's on YouTube. I guess it's YouTube. And I've seen him actually doing the teaching on different uh, old timers and uh, so uh, you can go and uh, listen to uh, the testimonies not to mention all the testimonies that are on there about people getting healed current testimonies very very current testimonies uh, so that was uh, that was number one lesson that was in the book was called uh, the power of testimony then number two is building your personal history with God hallelujah Bill said something uh, I don't know if he said this in the I don't remember him saying it on the video and but I, I know he said it in the book I can lay my hands on you and impart an anointing into your life as God wills but I can't give you my history with God I can impart an anointing into your life as God wills by laying hands on you, but I can't give you my history with God. So in other words, we have to build our own history with God. And we do that by uh, pursuing Him and having one encounter right after another. God never intended for anybody to stop at salvation. I got born again. I got born again on uh, in June of, uh, uh, hallelujah, 1964. Now, before ever any of y'all in here took a breath. <laughs> Most of you hadn't even took a breath yet, and I, I got born again in 1964. Um, <clears throat> glory to God. But God didn't intend for me to stop right there. Unfortunately, I did pretty much stop until uh, 1980. 1980, got baptized in the Holy Ghost. Because just out of ignorance, because nobody around me knew anything about it. Uh, and finally, my grandmother 
uh, got baptized in the Holy Ghost out on her ranch in Holly, Texas, all by herself. Didn't even really know what it was. Began to seek out what has happened to me. Ended up at Full Gospel Businessmen meeting in, Lo in Abilene, Texas, and started going to Full Gospel Businessmen's meetings. And Grand Grand went to... Uh, Grand Grand was a doodle, I'll just tell you. The day he died, even though he had come out of the Baptist church and he was spirit-filled, um, we'll talk about that more later, but uh, but he died saying, I'm just a poor old Baptist deacon. You know? and, uh, it's like the Baptist didn't even want him anymore. I mean, you know, so anyway, because he was, he really did believe in the spirit-filled the, the being spirit-filled and the spirit-filled uh, walk and everything. So, um, <laughs> hallelujah. So, but anyway, Granny Hixie, it certainly had effect on us, her testimony. And uh, she was kind of like one of those things we didn't want to hear, but we heard it anyway. And it was the seed that grew. Do you know what I'm saying? <laughs> hallelujah. But then on uh, December 31st, 1979, Granny Hixie decided to invite some friends of hers. Because sometimes, you know, somebody kin to you is not a very good, you know, they can't really get it to you. But she invited some friends of hers to come up from Roscoe, Texas, and to give their testimony. And it was the power of the testimony that got me and Pastor Michael baptized in the Holy Ghost because their testimony just, just, oh. And, I mean, they gave it on at the, we had a New Year's Eve thing, and they gave their testimony about being baptized in the Holy Ghost. And they had, it was humorous too, you know, because it's really humorous how the Baptists kick you out after that happens. But, you know, and, uh, and they sang some scripture songs. We thought they were beautiful. And the scripture songs were beautiful, but, you know, uh, Betty and Don, they didn't. He just barely played the guitar. He could just strum around a little. And they both just had West Texas wings and sang these scripture songs. There wasn't really anything beautiful about it, but it sounded beautiful to our ears. So don't ever think, I can't, oh, I can't sing. I couldn't impact anybody. Yes, you could. Yes, you could. Because, uh, because it's it's the Holy Ghost that makes it beautiful, and you know if they if somebody recorded it and sent it to Nashville, you know they would probably throw it out the back door. But when the Holy Ghost comes on it, it really doesn't matter who you are and how you sound. And so it sounded beautiful to us. And before that evening was over, I told one of the ladies that was with them who ended up spending the night at our house. I told her I said. I want to be baptized in the Holy Ghost. I told her that. And so not the next day, we're all sitting around. My grandma said you had to eat black-eyed peas on New Year's, so she cooked a big lunch, and that was her gift to the body of Christ. Part of it was just cooking for everybody. And uh, so we ate the lunch, and these people from Roscoe, I kept thinking, why don't they go home? You know, I was thinking that, but at the same time, you know what? It was the Holy Ghost keeping them there. And finally, everybody left the room, but... Uh, me and Betty and Don and Michael and Joyce, who I had told I want to receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And she said, and and she really no wish me. And she said, if you want to receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit, you better ask them right now. <laughs> she got a little pushy, just a little pushy. So 
when they came back in the room or whatever, I said, uh, I don't know about Michael, but I want to be baptized in the Holy Ghost. And he said, I do too. <laughs> and, you know, none of it was planned. We went back to the back bedroom of the house. Benny and Don prayed over us. We got baptized in the Holy Ghost, spoke in tongues, never been the same since. Hallelujah. And the power of the testimony is what got us there. And uh, changed our lives, changed our uh, future we wouldn't be in the ministry today. We'd still be sodbusters. That's another word for farmers. Hallelujah. We'd still be farmers in Gaines County, Texas. Hallelujah. Going down to the Baptist church, bored to the bone. <laughs> no power. No power, no love. <laughs> Hallelujah. Because it changed my life. I, before I got baptized in the Holy Spirit, I always knew I ought to read the Bible. I just didn't have any desire to, and I also didn't understand it when I did. But as soon as I got baptized in the Holy Ghost, it was just like, <gasps> I just inhaled this thing. Changed my life. The power of the testimony changed my life. And I bet that if you look back in your past, somebody's testimony changed your life. Amen? So, and you know the testimony that Bill Johnson gave about how he was already baptized in the Holy Ghost. He was already speaking in tongues, but he pursued something more because it don't matter how far you go with God, there is always something more. Hallelujah. Amen. You know, Jacob, last week I kind of ran out of steam. I was giving everybody prophecies and I ran out of steam. And so today the Lord showed me something about you. And I saw you in a tuxedo. You were dressed in a tuxedo. You looked really handsome, too. Hallelujah. And you know you were walking towards the throne of God. And just every few steps, there would be a present by the side of the road for you. And you would stop and you would unwrap that present. And the Lord told me that just as you just walk towards Him, that, uh, that your dreams are along the way. They're already there. Everything you've ever dreamed of and wanted in your life, it's along the way. Just on that path as you walk towards Him. Hallelujah. Praise God. That was a good testimony. I mean, a good prophecy. Hallelujah. Um, so um, we're building our personal history with God. We need to read and hear testimonies and when we read and hear them, we, re we need to refuse to remain at a distance. In other words, we're, this is not a spectator thing, this, this, uh, this Christian life that we live. These testimonies from the past are alive just like God's Word is because they give expression to the Word. You know, He said, my words, they are spirit and they are life. We know that His Word is alive. It is, uh, Hebrews 4 says that it's alive hallelujah and sharper than any two-edged sword but the testimony is alive too because it's the expression of his word uh no matter how long the testimony was ago it's still the same holy ghost that lives inside of us and so uh nobody can just say well that's just for me that's not for you because it's the same holy ghost it's the same Holy Ghost. That's why sometimes uh, I know Pastor got a revelation when we were in Seminole, this message called promotion. And he, nobody had ever preached it. And so he's going around Alabama. Then after we moved, we realized, well, he preached it there, but then we moved and he realized it was 
for our traveling minute. God gave us a special message just to travel with. And so, but you know what? It wasn't very long till we started hearing other people. And even Jerry Savelle, he started preaching on promotion. Uh-huh. And, uh, and Mac Hammond started preaching. But see, because it's the same Holy Ghost. And we all have the same Holy Ghost. So, and that's one of the ways we know we're all on track is because... Somebody else going to be saying it too somewhere. And you run into it all the time. You hear something from God, and then the next thing you know, you see something. Uh, you know, we've been shaking the tree over here on Sunday and everything. And pa Pastor went out to see Pastor Moss this week and take him a Christmas gift. And, and, he, uh, and he had this little flyer he passed out, and he said, uh, It's looking green in 2016. <laughs> Hallelujah. And I thought, that just goes with the tree. Hallelujah. That just goes with the tree. It's looking green in 2016. Glory to God. I thought that was good. Um, <clears throat> so if we honor the Holy Ghost in the, the people, their testimony, the old timers, he can surely do the same through us. Our history with God is developed. It's something that we have to develop. If you, if you can have a history with God that's just as rich as what Bill Johnson has or what John G. Lake had or hallelujah. One way we develop our history for God is we cultivate hunger in the secret place. One, if, you, if you say you're not hungry, just go ahead and say you are anyway. It doesn't matter how hungry I feel. One thing I always tell God is, I'm hungry, Lord. Because even if I'm just a tiny bit hungry, I tell him I'm hungry. I, I want more, Lord. And I do. I really do. Sometimes my how I spend my day didn't reflect how hungry I am. Because I was busy and I didn't take the time to pursue. But I tell him I'm hungry. And I get back on it. The testimonies you hear, read or hear, we need to say, Lord, I want that. Next time you hear a testimony, say, Lord, I want that. That's what happened uh, to, to to me as I heard Betty and Don they were Baptist they'd come out that they'd got baptized in the Holy Ghost and they were Baptist and I'm like well if they're Baptist and I'm Baptist so I said I, I just had that I didn't say it so much as well I guess I did because I said I want to be baptized in the Holy Ghost but uh I didn't say it ahead of time and pray it but that was what was in my heart I want that Lord, I want that. So when you see somebody and, uh, you know, they, every time they pray for a blind person, they get healed, you say, I want that, Lord. I want that. And I want that in my life. I want to do that for people. I want to help people that way. Your motive has to be to help them, not, I want that because I really want to look like a rock star, uh, uh, God. That can't be your motive or you won't see it. The heroes of Scripture and the early pioneers of faith were just ordinary people, very ordinary. If you read their testimonies, they were very ordinary. They had problems. Uh, um, Amy Simple McPherson, you know, I, their divorce, and I don't know what all. And back in those days, that you know, now we go divorce, a oh, big deal. But back then, if you were divorced or had been divorced, but there was, they had problems. They had ordinary things uh, in their life. And uh, they were ordinary people, and yet God uh, used them to shape history. They were empowered to shape history. It was the Holy Ghost that put the extra on their ordinary so that they were extraordinary. And the power source is the Holy Spirit. 
It is essential that we build testimonies of past breakthroughs. Sometimes you you just need to sit down and spend some time and go over your own testimony and go back and think about, okay, how did this happen in this year? And sometimes when it was happening, we didn't see how supernatural it was. But as we go back and rehearse it, I mean, I think about how God got us to Alabama. It was so supernatural. The ste- several steps, several things had to happen, and it was so supernatural. And how when we got here, and there was no, we had no house, no money, and we had put a thousand dollars escrow down on a house, and and the realtor was like, and and so you apply for financing, and they go, uh, you don't have a job, and you're starting a ministry, and they say a ministry has to be like uh, two years old. Before you can, like, you have to have two years of paint, paint, pay stubs from your ministry. And we didn't have any. And the realtor was just like, whatever. You know, she gave up on that the first thing. And uh, we went to see Pastor Webb because then we were faith people. And he said, just get the phone book and go and open it to the mortgage companies and just start making phone calls. And that's what he did. He just went and just down the list, down the list, down the list, down the list, until finally he, a guy said, I think I can help you. And he got us financed, and somebody gave us the down payment. And when you start, you'll see what a supernatural uh, uh, life that you have had. It's just, it's just awesome. Hallelujah. You know what? Not too long ago, about a couple of years ago, I don't even know why, but Pastor talked to that guy that helped us, and he remembered us. I mean, you remember people of all the loans he's done, you know. We were the ones he remembered, because, yeah. hallelujah. And that realtor, she never thought she was going to get her commission, but she did. <laughs> it was funny. Hallelujah. We were confident the whole time. We just knew. Hallelujah. We just knew it would be fine. We didn't even, it was just, hallelujah. It's so fun to walk in the supernatural. But go through your past breakthroughs. Sometimes the encounter you have with God will be very dramatic. Sometimes it'll be quiet and uh, it'll be a quiet encounter. And that it doesn't matter which way it is. What is important is that you are affected deeply and personally by your encounter with God. Less dramatic encounters set us up for the more dramatic outpourings of God. Hallelujah. If you've already been baptized in the Holy Spirit, then you are now ready for your next encounter. Say, I am ready for my next encounter. If you are not baptized in the Holy Ghost with evidence of speaking in tongues, then that is your next encounter. Hallelujah. Some people get a little surge of the Holy Spirit, but they are not sufficiently baptized. I think, and with no disrespect to him, because he's all the way there now since he's in heaven, but that's kind of where Grand Grand was. He got a little surge. He got prayed for. He knew it was real, but he just not never got sufficiently baptized in the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. And what that does is when you get just a little dab of do you and you really don't know if you spoke in tongues, it leaves you questioning, am I really baptized in the Holy Ghost? God wants to, he wants to just 
hallelujah, pour it out on you and pour it in you. Hallelujah. The pursuit of more is the way, is to be the way of our Christian life. We're to go after God all the days of our life. All the days of life, our life. Remember, you have been chosen to host His presence. You are to know what you carry. Now, in this book, um, he had... I, I just I didn't know how to handle this tonight to tell you the truth, because in le- this last lesson, lesson eight, two of the lessons, one of them was a testimony about Evan Roberts, and you know he was take he is responsible for the Welsh revival right before the turn of the century, and. Um, the but I'm, I'm I don't really want to read the whole thing to you, but because you can go study Evan Roberts yourself, and I'm sure you've even heard of him. But he, the key to the the main thing that you could say that was outstanding about his life is that he persisted for the presence of God. He um, he never missed a prayer meeting. In fact, his uh, a deacon at Moriah Chapel encouraged him, saying, never miss the prayer meetings in case the Holy Spirit comes. And uh, that pastor and I pretty much kind of lived our life that way. We just, you know, it's like, well, why would we want to stay home? What would we do here? It's like, because the Holy Spirit might come. And so from the day we got baptized in the Holy Ghost. Now, when we were Baptists, sometimes we'd go, oh, do we have to go to prayer meeting tonight? Of course, you know, prayer meeting is not really prayer. It's usually, uh, if it is prayer, it's just a board at the front, and they're praying for 3,000 people. You never know if any of them ever get answered. And, and, uh, and nobody ever really prays for them, I might add. Not really. And, uh, you know... And then, or it's a business meeting at my mother's church in Seagrace right now because some lady that tries to run everything insists, insists they have a business meeting twice a month so she can give her opinion on how the business is being run. I'm like, you know, and that's so Pastor and I would say, oh, I have to go to prayer meeting tonight. But, you know, once we got baptized in the Holy Ghost, we go, hey, Holy Ghost might show up. And we were so enthralled with gifts of the Holy Spirit. It was like, well, somebody might speak in tongues and interpret. Somebody might prophesy. And it was like, we just couldn't stand it. Holy Ghost, you never know when Holy Ghost is going to show up and, and, and it's going to be a, it's going to be a, gold, a, 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 I started to say a gold rush. That might be too, I mean, a, a, an outpouring, a, a downpour of something. Hallelujah. So he was noted for his persistence. The expression of his hunger was seen in his faithful attendance of daily prayer meetings. Daily prayer, get that in your mind, daily prayer. And he did this for 13 years, contending for a mighty visitation of the Holy Spirit. One of the things that Bill points out in this book is uh, it might take you longer than 13 years. 
I think it has here in Tuscaloosa. And of course, we didn't do it daily. We weren't as persistent as he was, but we, it has taken longer than 13 years. But it doesn't matter how long it takes. Cause You know why it doesn't matter how long it takes? Because ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and it will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives. And he who seeks finds. And to him who knocks, it will be opened. Now, we might could get there faster with a greater persistence. But we are going to get our prayers answered. Hallelujah. Because God doesn't lie. And that's what Matthew 7, 7 and 8 says. And then he gives the testimony. So he was noted for persistence. Then he gives the testimony in here of Charles Finney. And Charles Finney was called a walking revival. Would you like to be called a walking revival? I want that, Lord. Everybody say, I want that, Lord. Hallelujah. Yeah. And you know what? He was known for, and this is something we've been talking about a lot. He was, he was ever mindful of who he carried. And so when he would go into a town, he, now he did preach some fiery messages and multiple pe- multitudes got saved, but he didn't even really have to preach. He could walk into a town and people started being changed and things started to happen. Hallelujah. So, um, Hallelujah. You have been chosen to host his presence. And River Church has been chosen to host a move of God in Alabama. Uh, we, one thing we need to always do is stir our appetite. And testimonies stir our appetite. Because we always want to be on the ready for our next encounter. Hallelujah. Stir your appetite. I'm hungry, Lord. Everybody say, I'm hungry, Lord. I want more. Lord, set me up. With an encounter with you, I'm anticipating my next encounter. Hallelujah. Now let's say this. Let's say this by faith. No matter what it costs me. Hallelujah. That's what Bill said. So be in the Word, feed on testimonies, and watch for what He is doing and get in on it. When you see God doing something, get in on it. Whether it's shaking the tree or whatever God's doing, get in on it. Hallelujah. So that finishes us up. Well, not quite. Let me read the rest of this. Follow signs and wonders. This is something Bill said I wanted to give you. Follow signs and wonders until they start following you. So that means reading about them and anybody you know that's having it. What you freely receive, freely give it away. Anything God gives you in the form of an encounter, give it to somebody. Hallelujah. Now, Bill mentioned, uh, did y'all catch this tonight? He said, uh, John G. Lakes laid hands on 100 people every day. I thought that for us, if we could just start believing God to lay hands on one person a day from now till the end of January... And it doesn't have to be for healing. It could be, you know, well, let me pray with you about this and taking somebody's hand. Because people are always telling you something. But sometimes, you know, they're just, you know, you're in the line at Books a Million, not Books a Million, Barnes and Noble. Uh, uh, If you're in the line at Books a Million, you're not in Tuscaloosa anymore. You're in a different town. Hallelujah. Yeah. And uh, you could be in the line there and the person checking you out just say, man, I've got a headache. You know, I don't know if that happens to y'all, but it happens to us a lot. It's You know, that's the Holy Ghost in you. 
that's causing them to say that. It is drawing it out of them. And, you know, and I have been guilty of just looking at them and thinking, I hope you get better uh, because I just didn't have the boldness. But no more. I, I, I received that word uh, sun, uh, when, Sunday night. Yeah. And it said that I would have courage and boldness to give people what they really need. And then uh, something on Pastor Moss's little sheet said something about uh, it's time to 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 be bold and to speak up about the Holy Ghost. So today, I I said, okay, I've had the word. I'm going to act on it. And so on Facebook, there was this testimony where David. Horton said uh, he had this little thing about, and you know, the funny thing is we had heard that about a pastor around here. He said he had heard three testimonies uh, from pastors that Holy Spirit-filled pastors said, I don't really care if my people know about divine healing anymore or if they know about, or if they're baptized in the Holy Ghost anymore. Now that's coming from that seeker Steve type church because we know because we we know somebody that said it we know them personally and uh but i don't think it's the same people david horton knows i think that's just what's going around and so um he said you know he kind of preached on it and he said and at the end he said i wouldn't give two cents for a pastor that was ashamed of the holy ghost and so i said okay i'm gonna share it now that was fine because you know annette liked it and you know the, the, you know, y'all y'all know, but there's people on there from Seagraves and Seminole, and to be honest with you, I'm sure they heard all the gossip about us speaking in tongues and all the stuff. Well, you know, Debbie broke all her china and all the stuff they gossiped about in Seagraves, and I'm sure they gossiped and said in Seagraves and said, uh, well, you know, that church of theirs speaks in tongues. I mean, I know they did, but we just, just made it plain today. I had never told any of them. All my high school friends that I'm friends with on Facebook, all the ones that I don't know why they asked me to be their friend, but I knew them. So I'm, if I don't know them, I'd just ignore it. But if I know them, I'll say, okay. You know, but it's like, because, and I knew there was a purpose. And I've never been bold on Facebook. I mean, you know, share something. Christian's one thing to share something about speaking in tongues and divine healing. That's another thing. And I've never been bold on Facebook. And every time I'd start to say something, it was like, uh, you know, I don't, want, I don't know. And then I just finally said today, I said, okay, it's time. And I knew there was going to come a time when it's going to be. But y'all, for a lot of people, it's now or never. It really is. And so we put it out there among the Baptists. Because most of them are Baptists, except the ones that are Church of Christ. Hallelujah. So I got bold today because I got the prophecy. You know, I shouldn't maybe have had to have a prophecy to get bold, but hallelujah, it did make me say, okay, I'm going to give people what they really need, not what they want. So I shared it, and I can tell you, silence from that part of the world. Nobody liked, nobody shared. But this part of the world, we had some likes, and uh, Rochelle, Rochelle gave me a like down in, yes, yes, she did. Hallelujah. Praise God. 
for those of you that are Facebookers. I really, I have a love-hate relationship with Facebook. Some days I love it, some days I hate it. <laughs> Hallelujah. <laughs> Glory to God. Pastor.